Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Karn, and it's great to be with you today. We're going to begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' holy name, and through the gift of being children of God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would stir in our hearts today to honor you, to thank you for the incredible blessing of being part of your family, called to be uh, new creations as your children. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of family. I pray for healing in families. I pray, Lord, for restoration. I pray for reconciliation. I pray for advancement in the richness and the joy of family life. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last summer, Carrie, I called uh, Crystal Ross in the car as we were going over to her house, friends of ours from the west side who had moved here, and we're bringing kids to meet up with their kids. And she answered the phone, and I had it on speakerphone, and uh, she said, hey, how you doing? And I said, I am hot. And my kids just started laughing. They started laughing. Why were they laughing, dear? You were hot. I was physically hot because of the weather. But they took it in the meaning of, oh, <laughs> I'm a 10, right? And, so and, and like, why would you say that, Dad, to her? She's not even your wife. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you, you're kidding, right? Guys, it's really hot outside. Maybe you had the air conditioning on. Yeah, whatever it was, they just got the biggest kick out of that. And they are happy to bring that back to my attention. That I said, Dad, are you hot? Dad, are you hot? Ha ha. <laughs> well... Thank God for air conditioning. Like, what do people do who don't have... What did we do in our early married life when we didn't have air conditioning? I was very grumpy. Was that in Washington, D.C.? In Washington, D.C., in that apartment. Hot and humid. Really hot and really humid. I became a master of organizing fan placement to create a flow of air. Do you remember that at night? Yes, you were awesome. Big fans to cool it down uh, because we didn't have air conditioning. That was hard. And so I think we should be... we should remember that there are elderly who live on a budget and they live in either apartments or homes that don't have air conditioning. And in Spokane, I mean, it's got to be close. It's got to be in the 90s. I think it was 104 when we drove through Moses what? Lake. What? When we drove through Moses Lake. You have to look at not just what it, what's the real fill. When they add the humidity, you can get real fill. Like I never even heard that 10 phrase. 10 to 15 degrees above what the actual temperature is because of humidity... Or lack of wow. wind. That's crazy. I mean, that is, 104 is insane. So, well, anyways, um, it's it's really hot. And I, so, people in Texas are laughing at us. They I know. are in Phoenix. They just don't come out all winter or summer. They just stay inside all summer. You have to do all your activities before 10 o'clock in the morning. And then you go inside from 10 to 5. And then you come back out when the sun has gone down. Well, and I think about that, Carrie, when um, uh, I remember when I was in Arizona in a summer and I, there were those misters. Oh, yes. On, like, uh, not, not like a Mrs. and Mr., but come on, that was pretty good. Are you good. hot? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am so hot, I sought out a mister. Uh, <laughs> on certain restaurants, like you had to wait outside or get ice cream or whatever, they had along the gutter, mm-hmm. like these... Like a, it was like a hose that just sent off a mist of a spray of uh, ice cold water, 
that ice cold mist by the time it hit you, it was pretty warm. But that was, I think that's the worst I've, I've had it. You know what sounds awful right now? Being in line at either Disney World or Disneyland waiting for a ride. Like California Disneyland is really crowded all summer. And I'm thinking who in their right mind would ever go there in the summer and wait in line? I think you should say Silverwood. Uh, right? Yeah, Silverwood too here. In, well, or in Wild Idaho. Waves, right? If you're thinking like in Western Washington, it's really hot there too. Anyways, well, that's not <laughs> what we're here to talk about. I was just referring to the fact that some of those Disneyland rides are like an hour wait. Yeah. Well, it's, um, yeah. It is what it is, Carrie. Sorry. <laughs> I, I want to get back to focus. I want to get back to focus. So, Carrie, we um, last week had a chance to talk about the fact that we were doing a family reunion. I say we were doing a family reunion. It was really you who put so much of the time, effort, and energy to get a family reunion to happen. And uh, it, this is one of those things that we live in a fallen world. And in a fallen world, even though we're called to the ideal of the Blessed Trinity, perfect, intimate... A communion of persons, yes, right, marked by love and truth, love. marked uh, that gives bears the fruits of peace and joy, and freedom, right. Those are the, the those are the markings of a communion of persons. That's what we're called to, and by God's grace, that's what we're given the strength to do. But we also live in a fallen world that's not yet fully redeemed. And so, when family comes together, where you can be most yourself, it's the easiest to let some of the brokennesses that are part of not being fully healed, not fully alive in faith, not fully holy yet, it shows up and people get that. So how do you help that? What do you do to help a family when they get together with their other family members in a reunion setting? How do you help them flourish? I think first you should start with an exorcism, like just really go <laughs> <laughs> cast out. I thought we got along great. I thought the reunion was the best it has ever been. I had so many of my family members celebrate and thank and um, repeatedly say thank you um, for the work and effort. But you said and, it right there. It was the work and effort well, that was led my... to the celebration. Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> no, it's. I think when, you know, um, as I've watched some of these high school kids uh, perform in their different settings, to see some of them step up and really serve and, and roll up their sleeves and stay long and work hard or show up early. It's very inspiring and it's catchy. When you see someone get up early and you know clean the whole kitchen and make a wonderful breakfast and have things just in the right way, with the right mood, with the right music, with the, the spirit of generosity and, and love, it really is, you can catch that spirit. You can actually, it's, it's catchy. And I've noticed when my boys and girls go to an event and they're serving, when there's the right spirit there and people are rolling up their sleeves or they're serving with a great attitude and there's a lot of positivity and encouragement and joy, it is contagious. And I feel like that spirit was present. I think some of my siblings saw me roll up my sleeves, work really hard ahead of time, do a lot of prep and set an expectation of this is going to be amazing and awesome and I'm not settling for just half measures. It really resonated out, and I, I feel like I got back a lot from not just the event. It went above and beyond what I was hoping for, I think, for everyone. But it also um, 
just it was such a blessing. Like it, it's a you know thirty, sixty, a hundredfold. There's something about this whole thing that is true with God. It's true in our relationship with Him, and I'm not sure what though. Maybe that's what you're here for, being the theologian. <laughs> so, <laughs> Carrie, and I want the, I want always this to apply, folks, to those of you that are listening. That these are things that you can take with you into your life, into your family, or even remember them and hand them on to kids, your your children or grandchildren. If you're older and you're thinking, I'm never going to organize a family reunion, um, the it's the theology of preparation. There's a theology. Of preparation. Of preparation. There is. And okay. it's broken up into remote, immediate, and proximate. Oh, I know those words. Remember that? Yes. So remote preparation is what you did when you, a year ago, raised up a vision and said, we're going to do this again next year. We're going to have a family reunion. We're going to have activities, and we're going to make it even better. So you planted the seeds that said, we're going to come back here to Anderson Island, and we're going to have a great time that, remember how good this is? We're going to make it even better. You know, I... That makes me think about how hard it was 10 years ago, five years ago, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, you're building up a fund of experience. How right? about, yeah, and I have family members that share with me, I really would love to do this with my family or with my children, and now that some of them, their children are married, and they just feel resistance, they sense naysaying, they feel negativity. It's like, how do you fight through all that resistance? How do you build towards a culture that is celebratory and affirming and excited? And um, after a few years, she's come back to me and said, we're, we're getting there. Like, I can see things changing and growing in the right direction. But there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of opportunity to grow in holiness and to, you know, die to your own um, pride. Well, yeah. And I think... Uh, concretely, one of the things that you did last time was you actually got a book published, a book of photos. Oh, where you're you right. you got the best photos. And- I, you're right, because I thought that was one of the key things that lit excitement under some of my nieces and nephews, is they saw the book, and then they thought, we don't want to miss out next year. We don't want to miss out next time. And where we went from two years ago, this was two years ago, 2020, was it 2020 that we did the last one? Yeah. yeah. And what we did this time was just a whole nother level of awesomeness. Right. Well, so that's remote preparation. So remote preparation are the previous events that you've done. It's the building up of that fund of experience. It's the raising up of a vision, concretizing that vision in a book. So that, so those are things that you're not going to begin there, folks, but those are things that you can lead to. Like if you have other reunions that you've done or, or vacations that you've done, I'm sure you've got pictures or videos those are things that you can even just share online and just say, hey, let's do something. Remember this? Remember how good this was? The immediate preparation is the preparation that you did like five months ago. Oh, let's make sure we. Immediate is that far back? Immediate. I was would thinking be, like a week ago. So, no, immediate preparation would be the meetings you had with your siblings to say, hey, let's lock down the dates. Let's lock down where we're going to be staying. Let's um, let's talk about themes. It's it's all of that bigger uh, preparation um, that has to do with now. Let's start mapping out how what, how we're going to spend the days. Okay. Like the skeleton. The, the the skeleton of you know here's the vision for the whole thing, and then let's start mapping out what is it. What are we going to do on day one? What are we going to do on day two, day three? What about food? What about meals? So immediate preparation is all that other background work that you were doing with your siblings. Now, the kids had like almost no involvement in it. Um, 
except for the theme idea. That's when you started to bring the kids in on the fun stuff. Yes, they helped me shop and put together kits and... And that's yeah, really, that kind of that's stuff. what we'd call the proximate preparation. Oh, okay. So proximate preparation is like the last few days and the day of, and like, for instance, part of proximate preparation was when you planned on getting there four hours before everybody else with a team of kids and you were going to decorate the main gathering space so that literally upon arrival they're entering into a different experience. Like guys, you've, you've already started to experience the reunion and the theme of the reunion, which was the World Cup. And it was really cool. And so, um, and so on your side, you had to start rallying the kids to become more involved, invested in the success of the event. I think that's a really important factor is that you want to get the kids from the side of, well, we're the participants and I dare you to make us have a good time. We want to go do our own thing. And okay, if we have to slough along and participate, it's only as long as we have to, to no, 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 you're actually part of making this event really cool. So what should we do? How do we make this cool? So there are a number of activities that you made the decision, let me get my kids involved, to take ownership, to put their stamp on it. So talk a little bit about how you actually did that. I'm, I was thinking about five other things as you're talking. <laughs> like, well, What's the question again? Why don't you, <laughs> just as a for instance, you came up with World Cup because this is the World Cup soccer, and you said, hey, one key thing that you've found to make a reunion with activities special is you break them up into teams. Okay. So you're not trying to deal with one big group, but you have teams. And teams become an opportunity to say, you don't just have families as the different teams, you break them up. And you don't just put all the kids that are the same age and they're most likely to enjoy each other's company on the same team. You break them up. I think you answered my question. You answered it. Good job, Dad. I think with the teams, so we had some families that haven't been around for a while. So we definitely broke up boys and girls, aunts and uncles, two young adults. Young and old. Young and old, uh, athletic and artsy, so that the teams all had a fair chance of winning the World Cup, which was uh, five different events over the course of four days that they all had to compete in. And they gradually got more intense and more electrifying and exciting and fun um and i don't know even how we came up with i think i already said this five countries the five countries of our family three of that are our family and then my sister-in-law's from mexico and my brother-in-law is 100 percent german so we chose those countries as well the kids came up with the idea and i just went with it so i can't really take credit for that except it was great and it made it really fun to kind of drill down into Mexico. Uh, we did a whole Mexican feast, street tacos. We did a whole German lunch. It was all German food that my brother-in-law put together. Um, of course, we had the Italian dinner for Italy. Um, but I, I'm trying to figure out even how I came up with teams. I, I think I've mentioned this. There's a family I follow on social media. They do um, more blogging than anything else. And it's a Mormon family. They, she grew up in a family of nine, and their family did reunions, and they actually have a house that they go to every summer. And so I've kind of 
mirrored and followed their story and how they've done it and studied it and then tried to figure out, okay, how do I make this ours? Or how do we put it with the De Lorenzo flair? Because we're certainly not this Mormon and family. And De Lorenzo is your <laughs> My siblings. Name. So it's your yeah, siblings. My yes. 11 siblings. Um, so I think that that gave me a huge level of confidence to work towards it. And I, I can tell you there are many years where I was saddened or disappointed or I felt it didn't quite live up to the idea in my mind as to how it should have been. And I feel like this year it really reached a plateau or it was like this was amazing where the high school kids are already wanting to start planning the next one in two years. Um, it's like every other year we do it. But let's just pause right there because we're up against a break. When we come back, I want to let you continue on with the conversation. And then I want to dig into when you talked about teams, the number of ways that that took flesh okay. where the kids, uh, where the, the team members had to rally together and perform as a team. Okay. All right. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran with my lovely wife, Carrie. On this Faith and Family Friday, we put our focus on your family and our family. What we desire for them is growth in faith. What we desire for them is to learn to live faith in family life, in family relationships, in a way that leads to greater joy, freedom, and flourishing. That's what God intends. This shouldn't be an ideal that is free-floating and beyond us. This is something that the Lord intends for us. And in the summer, there is some particular opportunities, some special chances to be able to do that. Vacations and other family get-togethers. And so today on the program, we're digging into this family reunion, which was also a vacation, a bit of a getaway over the course of a handful of days last weekend. And um, it was with Carrie's family, Carrie's siblings. Most of them were there, not all of them, but most of them were there with a good number of our nephews and nieces, not all of them. But uh, a good number means there were probably 35. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so it was It was a wonderful opportunity. And we're reflecting on this together, again, in a way that our hope is you'll be able to draw some things out and say things like, ah, oh, we did that way better than you. Uh, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but to be able to say, hey, you know what? We can take that. We can, you know, we wouldn't do that, but this actually works. So Carrie, just before the break, you were talking a bit about teams and using the World Cup theme as a way of breaking up groups uh, that weren't naturally going to be spending time together and have them do different kinds of activities and making it a bit of a competition. Everybody likes a competition. Well, lots of people do. And so um, I don't know where we want to pick up from for there. But you also, you did such a great job decorating. Like you made a, a beautiful, colorful poster that put on it in a visible way, here's the schedule. So you don't have to wonder. You don't have to guess. You don't have to like, oh, what are we doing now? No, everyone, when we all gathered the first night, everyone noticed there's the master schedule. And it wasn't um, by, the, uh, by the minute. It was, here are the chunky things that are going to be done tomorrow morning. 
Let's gather at this time, and we're going to get launched. And then it was there was the loosely structured schedule that had enough intentionality, but enough freedom as well. Yeah, and again, I got that from this Mormon blog. <laughs> they are, let's see, if you want to look this up, you can type in, it's called 71 Toes, because one of their daughters has a disease that gives her 71 Toes. Is that right? No, she, no, she, she has, has 11. <laughs> Why is it 70? Oh, because the family. There's seven in the family. Got yeah. it. She has the extra one toe. Whatever. She has an extra toe. Yeah, okay. I, I miss the details here. Um, anyhow, you type that in, and you just type in reunion, our family reunion, and she can walk you through. You can look at their videos and their posters and their themes. They do a theme every year. So I really give credit to them and to um, being able to use them as a, a, a teaching place for me to just replicate and to make our own. Um, so yeah, 71 toes. And I just think that's so important, folks. You don't have to try to make stuff up. Exactly. You know, just like look at, and you don't have to like, you don't have to like, if I don't copy this exactly somehow, it's going to not go right. No, take from it, use it, don't rely on it. Use it, draw from it things that help you and then move on. And I think it's important, and you've always done this, is to celebrate the small victories to celebrate the things that went well and not to be discouraged if things didn't go as you envisioned. I think for me, I really, um, I mean, it's been many years doing this. And I, and the goal for us is that we're going to do this with our children when they get married, when they have children, when we have grandchildren. It's like we're building towards something that's 40 years away. That was 10 years ago. So now it's 30 years away. <laughs> but I, have, I, I see when we're in our 70s that... We have a place um, that where we go somewhere with our children and their spouses and all the grandchildren, and we do this kind of thing. And I think for us, as a per- personally, as our family, it'll look different. We make a lot of space to include a lot of different um, temperaments in my family, meaning not that um, it's a bad thing. It's just our family, the Currens, are much more similar than I am with my 11 siblings, just because you're bringing in, there's like 80 some people in our family, you're just bringing a lot more um, diversity and personalities. So it's always been in our heart, something to grow towards. It's not like we're doing this this year, and I don't know what we'll do in 10 years. No, we're actually in 10 years going to be doing the same thing, but just every year, there's, or every two years, there'll be a theme, and it'll grow, and it'll create memories. And the power of it is what draws people. It's the power of being together. It's the power of our faith. It's the power of family. That is natural. God's created family. He loves family. And so it's not something we have to work against. It's God's in our favor. He's in our on our side to build this uh, beautiful um, group, this legacy. Well, and you also, I like how you wove into it um, the concept of um, uh, milestones in family life. So for instance, the way that you had your mom really at the center. Like, this is all about grandma. Yes. So grandma was involved. She was in the center of the activity because she was the judge of certain activities. And yes. it was, let's make sure that in some of the activities, like she was judging the different cheers. So each of the teams had to come up with a cheer associated with their country. I don't remember. Which country won that cheer? <laughs> Oh, it's my country. Italy. That's hey, why don't right. you share your cheer, Tom? Oh, yeah. Do you I remember your cheer? N- I do. I made it up. Come on, so share I it. I'm not going to share that why? cheer. Why? Pasta, fajula, <laughs> lasagna. We're Italy. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. 
So there are some really good chairs. There were some cute ones. And fun. And, um, and, and that was after you gave each of the teams a box full of uh, decorations. Like, Well, just to go back, we the first night we just gather and do stuff around the bonfire that's bonding and it's sharing favorite a favorite song from the year. Gives everyone a chance to just share a little bit about something that was meaningful this year. Really chill. But that takes effort, right? It, it well, takes yes, a little she, bit of thought <laughs> to be able to have each of the like each of these people come up with a song, and that the idea was the song should have some meaning. You play the song, and then you share. Why is that song meaningful to you? And I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I it's like I can't. <laughs> There's a lot of details that I can't get into because it would take too long. But if you want help with your family reunion, I'm happy to help you. Nice. I will sit and talk to you for an hour and show you all the poster boards and all the scheduling and all the games. Uh, The next day was, okay, what team are you on? So this was a big reveal. We ordered um, the flags, the big flags on Amazon. So each flag was given to the team. For the five countries. Yeah. No team captain. They could figure that out on their own. Not really any order to what they were doing. It was just, here's your team. And then we set up to go to uh, play uh, soccer. We played four and four soccer. I think there were eight rounds um, that lasted. We broke it like 10 minutes, 12-minute games, whoever was ahead. Let's not talk about who came in last. Let's (laughs) let's leave that alone. (laughs) Let's talk about my soccer skills. And that was fun. We had a lot of stretching ahead of time with all our siblings, older people, getting sore legs, backs, knees. Um, And all the kids played. Uh, simple gold. It was just all the logistics is something that someone can just do. It's, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. It's just, it was really fun. We all had, uh, we didn't at that point have team colors or team cheers or anything. We we're just slowly, gra- gradually building team unity and fun. But there was a lot of flag running and cheering and yelling for your team. It went pretty fast. It was, well, it was all morning. It was like two hours. So, and just a lot of joy. And uh, soccer is a family favorite. You, you could do tennis. You could do, that whatever your family loves to play, that was just a, a sport that our family grew up with. And it doesn't even have to be a sport. You could do, I'm trying to think, what else could you do? <laughs> play instruments? <laughs> do, do drama displays? or perform- I don't know. It was just, you can do other sports or sports that are more easily accessible, as I'll share later on, how we incorporate all the picnic games that you would do at a, a church picnic or a family picnic. But, um, but uh, let me just say one more time that for me, the key had to do with the organization. And that was, there was no guessing, there was no questioning, it was, Carrie's already created the schedule, in the immediate preparation, you got your, your, the other adults on board, so that they were going to go along and not push back and complain and say, do we really have to do this? I don't even think they knew the schedule. To be honest, Tom, I did not communicate enough to them. Everyone just went along because this is it. I did excellent. It was excellent um, decorations that were above and beyond. We had over 280 flags that we hung and balloons and streamers. So right away you show up and you're like, oh, there's something, someone worked really hard. I, I want to be a part of this. Second, we went all out with the World Cup stuff. We got the World Cup balls. We got the team shirts. I had the the referee whistle. I mean, it was like we're competing. So it, it was just a natural fall in line. Third, when we got to the level of actually doing the country competitions um, where we had each team decorate themselves with glitter and paint and uh, what are those things called? Hanker- the Not yeah. handkerchiefs. Yeah, handkerchiefs. Yeah. <laughs> no, what are they Bandanas. called? Bandanas. <laughs> and just team stickers and tattoos. And it was went all out where you had to come up with a cheer and do it in front of grandma. Um, it just 
everyone was super into the spirit of it all. And then it was the final thing we did, one, or one of the other things we did was a huge scavenger hunt um, where okay, you went with your team. I, I want to just... Um, you're going to drill down more. I'm going to drill down. <laughs> I, like, do, I just want to well, drill down quickly in, right, into ahead. the idea that said, Carrie, you were uh, permitted, you were permitted and supported to be the one that was the leader. Like, here I am, here's what we're doing. And everyone was like, yay, thank you, Auntie Carrie. We're going and going to do that. I think it and helped And the too. other thing you had was that you had a best helper, and that was me. So that, no, I was the one that jumped in, and I supported you. It where, like, we're, we're just pretty amazing. No, no, Carrie, that's not the point. I, I'm trying to be strategic. It was when I would organize conferences, Carrie, when yes. I would organize conferences and I would organize groups, one of the things that I learned was the leader needs a best helper. And the best helper is the one who says, yeah, let's go. We got this. Come on. And immediately bolsters the leader's um, position and proposal. Yes. And so I would step in immediately and say, okay, everyone, here we go. We're doing this next. Come on. I think what really helped is, or also helped, was having all our kids on board. I think just nine teenagers, well, older kids. Five teenagers. Just seems like a lot. However many, it was their energy and enthusiasm because they were helping behind the scenes before we even got there to put together a lot of the activities. And so the general positivity and and um, just willing to, to go along was really helpful. And I had several siblings that were super into it and very positive and um, made it just fun. It was It was just the spirit of hanging out and having fun. But the nice thing is, and something that else, is when you look at the schedule, every afternoon was open. It was just lake time, free time for like three to four hours. So you didn't feel that you had to follow the schedule. You had to be doing this at this time. And then, you know, it didn't go from like, we're going to do an activity, like we're going to do a craft and then we're going to go boating and then we're going to go on a hike and then we're going to come back and make lunch with everyone. Then you have to go find a partner to go off and have a con- a conversation with. It was not that organized. It wasn't that tight. It really allowed people to just chill and enjoy themselves but then after a couple hours, it was, oh, what are we doing next? People were ready for another organized activity. So finding that balance between having scheduled activities and then free time is really important. Well, I thought you were just following along with the sort of the wisdom of retreats, sincerely. Oh, no. You're like On a retreat, you have the Friday night session, and then Saturday morning, you work really hard into the early afternoon, and then after lunch, you have that free time through the middle of the afternoon, then you come back late afternoon and you start up again, highlight Saturday night, blah, blah, blah. So oh, okay. It, it's, a, it's a sort of standard bit of wisdom that says give space for folks not to feel so overly scheduled that they're squelched. Unless you have high school kids. Then you have to schedule everything. Otherwise, they get... <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. Well, you know one of the nice things was that it was difficult for the kids to access media. So it, it was in a beautiful environment where that wasn't necessarily needed as a, like, oh, we're bored, there's nothing to do. No, there was a lake, and um, uh, it was easy to want to just go out in that beautiful weather. So it was ve- there was very little um, groups, to, very little time for kids unless they made that choice to isolate themselves and be on a device um, Yes. I think that that's a, a key is choose a place where There's you no don't Wi-Fi. have 
internet access or Wi-Fi. I liked what um, you guys did when you got to our little Airbnb. You erased the Wi-Fi password so that people couldn't access it. All right, we're up against a break. Back in a minute with more sign. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. I'm along with my wife, Carrie. We're talking about uh, faith and family. It's what we do on Fridays. And Carrie, I love that you're here. And just talking about using family gatherings, whether it's a family reunion or vacation, uh, in a way that says you bring some intentionality, you bring some scheduled, organized fun, you have a way of helping to foster richness in family relationships. And in this instance, it really was at the level of cousins with their uncles and aunts and, and with a focus on grandma. Now, if we're going to talk about grandma and her family, the most important thing for her was faith. And so I think she was the one on the first night, didn't she say, hey, aren't we going to begin with prayer? She came the second day and it was the second night. She said, aren't we doing a family prayer time? And it was nighttime. And I think at that point I'd gotten, I was so tired. I could not, if that if something wasn't in the schedule and wasn't planned out, I could not create it in the midst of everything. It all had to be done ahead of time. That's how I operate. I think I said to you, Tom, I don't know, like, I didn't know what to do at that point. Some Well, I think well, on the first night then, I was the one who did it. I jumped in. Or did you say to me, do you want to lead us in a prayer? One uh, or the other. No, I think it what, was. Yeah, you did it. But I think the second night after we did the scavenger hunt. No, that was, was that the second night? That was the second night. Um, And the scavenger hunt was really fun because... I went and looked at a few, and we did. We, the thing with phones is you can do. I mean, you can do this at a birthday party or an anniversary party or a, uh, I don't know, a bunch of teenage kids getting together and wanting something to do, where you go out and get videos of them doing funny things like singing "Happy Birthday to a Stranger" or petting a dog. I made the kids make a pyramid on a the green the, where the golf where the golf golfers are. Golf course. Uh, golf course. Thank you. <laughs> or they all had to be on a slide at once and take a video or they had to get my sister Christine to laugh. They had to get a video of her laughing. Um, or I think they all had to be in an entire, the whole team had to be in the small space. So like everyone was in the bathtub and the, some of these had more points because it was hard. Everyone did everything, but some of the items had more points than others, just depending on what it was. So you can capture video and then we also captured a, a, like 10 of the items had to, just a photo, a photo of them. I'm thinking, what was the photo on? A memory. Photo of a, of a cemetery plot. Yes. The oldest tombstone was extra points. Or you had to get a photo with grandma and your team flag. So we have now every team all decorated in their different paraphernalia with grandma for the photo book we'll make. Um, so you, you think through what would be fun photos to get that are not just selfies. <laughs> Those selfies aren't bad. And then I also made everyone bring back objects. And so the team had to go buy something for the whole team to share. And whoever bought brought back, you know, some one of the better items got points. Or they had to bring back a present for grandma that she would like. Or they had to go find a cup of blackberries or something adorable or something you're thankful for. But actual objects. So part of the activity was coming back and sharing all your fun videos and photos and objects with everybody else because everyone's pretty excited to just show how they did on the scavenger hunt. 
I don't even know if it's a hunt. It's more like a scavenger journey or adventure. Um, cause you really, if <laughs> you're hunting for stuff, anyhow, that night we couldn't get the TV to work. And so it left like, okay, now what do we do? And it was Greg's birthday. So we did a birthday celebration for him, but I didn't have any game. We had family feud, we had a couple of things planned, but I just couldn't get across the finish line. And that's when grandma was hoping that we'd all gather for prayer and we didn't. And I felt like I let her down. Well, uh, and, and, I was going to say you had enough flexibility to say, even though I had put in all of this time, effort, and energy, this schedule, handouts, printouts, that you were willing to let go, to surrender in the moment. Yes. Like, I completely forgot until just now that we didn't do Family Feud. I know. I had all, well, we'll do it another time. <laughs> I have all the printouts and I had all the things laid out and the music and the, um, I had several things to make it run smoothly, but it's Okay. It was just, I was, I just could not move it. I was done. My brain just shut off. And well, I could have passed it on. And I think, you know, you have, you work with a team or someone that has your back or you gather with two other people so that they can help carry stuff forward. Because it's a lot to process or a lot right. to be in charge of. Well, in, in, and again, you want to avoid the dynamic where you get a couple of grumblers who start creating a counterweight. And then all of a sudden, you feel the pressure just to kind of collapse. And that never happened. Just to say that it didn't. That no, was, it was so awesome. Everyone was like, "What? What's next? What's next?" It's like, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that. So let's say this: that if we stumbled a bit when it came to actual prayer times, you did give opportunities in the course of several events to have meaningful sharing. And so, for instance, the music when you had everyone bring a song to the table that said, here's the song, and then guess whose it is, and then you could share, why is that song meaningful to you? That was an opportunity for kids or adults to share a song that was indicative or pointed to something that was of faith or God or, or personally um, uh, a deeper uh, revelation of, of something going on in your life. Yeah, and I think... To be able, and part of that was supposed to be after that, as we gathered around the fire pit, was to share something from the year that really blessed you, or something that you learned from, or a favorite memory of the past year, just to get to know each other. And so our cousins were close, but we're not, some of them aren't so comfortable where they're just going to share something that's happened to them. So it's, there's a little bit of vulnerability and risk. I think as we move forward in our own family, or as listeners have, you know, go away for the weekend camping or hike um, on a vacation, it is nice when you get a, gather on the fire to have some thoughtful intentionality or be very intentional about part of that time. It can, of course, be free-flowing and fun and, you know, recalling memory, uh, movie lines or songs or singing, but it is also nice when you get to actually have very thoughtful and sh- uh, kind of share your heart or share where you're at in life, conversation that's led by mom and dad or that's um, the kids feel good about. And I think on our own family ga- getaways, that's more, e- it's easier to do and it's something I'd want to work towards. Well, and, and I think what happens is you have this blend between intentional and spontaneous. Yes. Right. That's Planned important. and just something that happens. Yes. So I know that there were lots of conversations that happened, say, between the uncles or between the adults, like 
between my kids and some of their uncles. For sure. Like around the fireplace, around the, around the fire pit. Um, you know, I saw a number of times where my kids were sitting there talking with their uncles. It was really neat. It's the last night was a big graduation party and, and a karaoke dance evening. Um, but what spontaneously happened is a truth circle, which my brother and a couple of my kids just made up. As the kids came out, uh, we were at the country club, community center, whatever it was, um, in the parking lot, it was just a group that started with five, and then it was eight, then it was 12, then it was 15, then there was 20. And it was mostly all teenagers and a few uncles. And you had to share something um, that you've done in the past. I don't know, they just made this up. And it was started out kind of silly, but then it got more serious. And so people started sharing things that they haven't shared with anyone. And that was your entry into being part of the group. And I think the the boys were smoking cigars, maybe some of the girls, I don't know. And it was just this time with all the teenagers being with their uncles. It was really sweet. And it was spontaneous. And you just, you know, there's moments where you're with your family. And you see a big group of kids, especially when you see all the teenagers together with their uncles. And usually in the evening, and you see a lot of laughter and joy. And it just made me feel so good and so blessed to to see that. And then just knowing, Tom, as I was walking across the green to go back to our place, I was thinking 20 or 30 years from now, I'm going to be like my mom. I'll be back at the house in bed <laughs> and all our grandkids are going to be up with some of our kids doing those kinds of things. And, you know, it's just weird to watch how time goes by. And, you know, I look forward to where my mom is and I look back to where my kids are. And it's just, I don't know, it's just very sentimental and melancholy to to, re- to reflect on that. You know, Carrie, I saw a Facebook post about this theme. Uh, I don't want to break the, the vibe here, but I, I want to at least read a little bit of it. Well, let me summarize, since I don't <laughs> think I'm going to be able to find it. But it, basically, it was, um, it was a picture of a, a coffin with an x-ray of the bones in the coffin. So it was some kind of weird x-ray view picture. But it was this reflection that said, you know, when you die... You don't get to take all of these things with you. And it just talked about possessions and position and fame and fortune. You don't get to take all of these things that you spend time, effort, and energy on. And, um, and, and it, the focus was on um, your soul. That's what's really most important. And then it went beyond that to say, and after you die, people are going to cry. And they'll cry maybe for a day or two. Or even a, <laughs> Just like a day. <laughs> a week or a month. But you know what? Before you know it, they're going to be laughing again, and they're going to be back to their own lives. And that little ripple in the pond, which was you and their lives, yeah, there'll be moments of sadness that'll go on. Uh, and, you know, there you go. Hell, it's that for a happy thought. Um, but it was, it was a very poignant thing that said, um, who you really are, who you really, really are is built here but it's about forever. It's about heaven. And pay attention here to the things that endure beyond death, which have to do with the things of the soul, which has to do with relationships, which has to do with people. And um, what you were just talking about was when I'm like grandma, you know, it's going to be like, like her grandkids. They want to acknowledge grandma. They want to say hi to grandma. They're going to visit with grandma. But in their minds, they're saying, when can we leave grandma behind and go have the real fun that we want to have? And that's going to be you too and me too before we know it. 
So letting that be okay to say, I want to hand on as part of my legacy an imprint on how they see and live life. And that's part of what's happening through these weekends as we're creating a momentum that runs downstream into our family history that hopefully it'll be strong in our kids. Yes. And then if it's really strong in our kids, maybe they can enhance it, modify it, and then it's strong as it gets passed down from there. All right, we're up against a break. In a minute, more sound insight. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. So, Carrie, before I put you in the coffin and forget <laughs> about you after a couple of days, I want to I want to actually take all of that back and say you can also be surprised, and you can be surprised in the way in which, if you create the context, the kids actually enjoy being with Grandma, and we got to see that. Yes, we got to see that on was it Sunday night? Yes, Sunday mm-hmm. night. After Mass, we went over to her house, and um, just in the context of a very simple takeout meal, it was talk to Grandma about her life growing up. And it was really special. I learned things about your mom, and even things about you, that I'd never heard before. I think I learned stuff about me I didn't hear before. I haven't heard before. Carrie, I've been married to you for 27 <laughs> plus, almost 28 years. And I learned things that night that I'm like, wait a minute. How there she was something named us? really special. <laughs> your name. How about that? How about your name? And then how about she, how she named some of the other kids? That was so funny. Yeah. But hearing things like the kids, you know, John Luke, that kid asking questions that he asks, he's a really good. He's a really good at asking instigator, questions. asking grandma when she had her first kiss. Or didn't she ask grandma when she had her first kiss? Did you smoke? And how old oh, were yeah. you when you started smoking? <laughs> right, and uh, like even just the idea that she wore gloves, like to wear white gloves, was a big thing year round. That when you got dressed up, you wore white gloves. I think, really? That is so interesting. Yeah, I just remember that from her sharing as I was growing up. And we put together uh, like 18 questions to ask her on the reunion, but we never got to that, which I feel bad about. Um, and they're really neat, fun, interesting, what well, I thought interesting questions, like how she met dad, having the large family, what her faith meant to her. Uh, the way the questions were asked made it easy to answer, and the kids wanted to hear the answers. So... There is a way in which you can look up interviewing your grandparents or questions to ask someone or how to get to know someone. And then you just go through them and pull out eight to 12 and give them some options. So we used some of those. Some of it was like, what it was the fad? What was the clothing fad when you were in high school? Or what activities in um, interest did you have while you were in high school? Or what was your least favorite chore to do as a child? She said, her least favorite job was to go down in the basement and shovel coal into a furnace, which every all of us are like, what? That's how you guys, that's how they heated their house back then. It was just kind of interesting. Um, I want to I come to one of the answers. Yeah. You, I always remember hearing it stated as a sort of Catholic brag that your mom only had two requirements from the man that you would marry. 
Uh, no, no, but three. three. The first was that he'd be Catholic. The second, that he'd be open to having 12 children. And the third, that he could dance, right? Yes. And I w- it was always presented to me in this sort of romantic way, like, wow, that is so sweet and beautiful. Okay. Well, I, now I heard the rest of the story. <laughs> and And so the Catholic part was, when she finally met your dad, it was, is he a good Catholic? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good Catholic. Well, he became a good Catholic after yes. starting to date your mom. I never heard that before. Okay. The second was... Well, I think a lot of people were good Catholics back in those days. It's not that he didn't have faith, but it be, definitely became stronger over the years. Well, it made me appreciate your mom more. That okay. Just how much of a pillar of promoting and living yes. the Catholic faith in your family was rooted in your mom as this dynamo of conviction that Mm -hmm. this is what we will do. The second was the 12 kids. Did you ever hear that before? Yes, that she did not like being one of nine because everyone thought she had a small family. So she said, whatever I do, I'm going to at least have 12 because I don't want to be ridiculed and be known as coming from a small family. So nine kids back in those days. So here she (laughs) is. She She grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And when she would be asked as a kid, how many brothers and sisters do you have? She said she had eight. And the typical response was, is that all? Is that all? It sounds like the Latin it was, mass. It was like an embarrassing, <laughs> it was an embarrass, like... point of embarrassment to her that she only had nine kids in her family. And so she wanted to save her kids the embarrassment of only having eight siblings. It's good. I was born. That I wouldn't have been born if But she... that's crazy. Oh my goodness, what a different world yes. because here we are with nine kiddos and you know th- we actually yeah, at St. Joan you can feel a little bit like, oh, we only have nine. Yeah. Um but what was the funny story? When she finally moved out here and they bought the house near the church, the first boy they met, they said how many kids do you have? And she said 12 with her little twinkle in her eyes pride. And, and what was his response? We have, they had 17. Is that all? We have 17. Yeah. The like, Flagios oh. down the street. They had a hard life. It was a hard, it was a hard home to grow up in. 17 kids though is shocking. Like, wow. Amazing. So, so that was, the, and then the third one was dancing and he claimed to be a good dancer, uh, but he became a better dancer after he got, so I'm like, okay, so what I learned was <laughs> fake it till you make it. Say what you need to say. Oh yeah, absolutely. Whatever you, whatever you, whatever you need to hear from me, I'm good. We got this. And that my mom is very strong. Yes, and was a day is, is a daily mass score. If she can go, she's gone every day forever. I've never known her not to go to mass if she can go. Yeah, but I unfortunately, in the context of that gathering, when we had all my all of our kids there asking questions of Grandma, Christine just wanted to talk. <laughs> Poor Christine. Christine wanted to talk. (laughs) And I just had to say to Christine, now, Christine, can you please just sit still and let your mom talk, Christine? She was not happy with me, Carrie. I know. You you better call and apologize again. She wanted to talk about Lily, her daughter that broke her arm. Just so all the listeners know, Tom is doing this because Christine listens to the radio. Christine is listening right now, (laughs) and I'm going to get a call. Carrie, you're going to get a call. From That's your mom right. in just a couple of minutes, and Christine is going to be upset. Well, hey, this uh, weekend is uh, Steubenville Northwest. Yes. Our kids are with Father Lewis, St. Mary's. They are uh, going to be attending Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm really excited to go and peek in and 
see a thousand Catholics. I don't know how many they're expecting, but typically it's a thousand uh, Catholic youth at the, I think it's Gonzaga campus, somewhere somewhere over there. I got to go look on my email. Um, but yeah, we're really excited to see that. And I know there are several opportunities to go to camps or to go to retreats or to get away for a weekend and just really use the last month of summer as we're now entering August, which seems odd to say, um, to just find time away in the quiet. I really loved when I went away two weeks ago, and I have not gone back into that deep dive of quiet time, of prayer, of reading that I had. And it, I, I think I took it for granted because now I'm like, how did that happen so fast? And now I want to go back to just time away from the home, outside the home, because I feel so distracted here at the house. Um, and you too, Tom, just I encourage you <laughs> to go away for a few days and just go deeper into the Lord. That um, it, That's really striking what I see happening in you, because both our recent little getaways has yielded that fruit, where I have seen you less on your phone, and you have been more um, accountable about saying, I'm not going to let the phone pull me in, and the richness that has come to you because of taking more quiet time with the Lord. I, I, I just, that's a, that's a wonderful blessing, and I'm thrilled for it. And um, I, I've experienced some of that as well. Nice. Um, the other part is, and we didn't have a chance to talk about it, was uh, you came back Tuesday afternoon, late afternoon, just in time to jump in the car with me and to go to our prayer meeting. Which was awesome. Which was amazing. So I love good. it. Your and teaching was so good. Even though I've heard your teachings, still I come away. Wow. Well, we're going to post that teaching. We're going to post the, the first. I'm going to give like seven teachings on essentially growing in the, the power of the Holy Spirit in, in a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so I launched into that nice. um, with week one. And uh, we just made a simple recording of it. going to post it online on our YouTube channel, The Current Crew. On our Facebook page, The Current Crew, and I Love My Catholic Faith. And we'll post it on mycatholicfaith.org as well. So if that's something you're interested in, go to mycatholicfaith.org. Okay, take care, everyone. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Join me on Monday for more Sound Insight.